Welcome to day number 11 of the 12 Days of Podcast. This series of 12 perfect episodes is brought to you by the good people at Def Jam. Jeezy's new album, Pressure, is everywhere. It's on Spotify. Where else? It's on Apple Music. Where else? It's on Pandora. Where else? It's on Tidal. Where else? It's on Amazon. Where else? It's on Black Planet. Where else? It's on Craigslist. Where else? It's on Pornhub. Where else? It's on Pernhib. Where else? It's on Pornhorb. Where else? It's on Boonk. Where else? It's on Flomp. Where else? It's under a table at Ikea. Where else? It's in that secret folder on your boss's laptop. Where else? It's in the club where yes. else it's on the couch that where? people have done weird things on oh, where? where else <laughs> it's on the weird parts of tumblr where, where else it's in our ugly lobby next to all the bad decorations where, where else? else but most importantly it is on jeezyshop.com where you can get autographed copies of the album go check out jeezyshop.com today Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Day 11 of the 12 days of podcast. Can you believe we've made it this far? You know what? I can believe it because I know the work that we've put into booking and editing and hosting and cleaning the apartment. It's a lot of work doing this once a week. Doing 12 episodes in a row is something else, but good job by you. Good job by you not tearing down the ugly decorations in the lobby. Oh, my God. Good job by you putting together uh, these episodes every day and also... Good job by us doing these Def Jam reads. <laughs> Shout out to our friends at Def Jam and thank you for sponsoring the 12 Days of Podcast. Jeff, I'm really excited. Yeah. Because on January 10, 2018, we are returning to New York for our latest live show, this time at SOB's. Jeff, you know who's been on stage? Us. And 2 Chains. But mostly us. And Kanye. We're forgetting us. And John Legend. We've been here before. And Drake. Yeah. We, it's almost like we're back like we never left. We are back on that stage January 10, 2018. You know how the show goes down. Storytelling, music, comedy. There could be special guests galore. We're not going to tell you guys. That's part of the surprise. It's part of what the fun is. Go get your tickets right now. You know it's going to be a hell of a show it's called it's the real two sobs it's a good name see you there january 10th get your tickets before they sell out don't wait any longer today's the day to do it it's the real.com is where you can go merry christmas today on the podcast jeff we have peter rosenberg our third or fourth favorite jew damn who's ahead of him i mean me you we put ourselves as better jews or our favorite jews in front of peter rosenberg jerry seinfeld oh my god shout out to mom and aunt jane who i think are pretty good jews yeah our cousins larry david there's a that's right larry david is way before us <laughs> um you guys know Peter Rosenberg from Hot 97, from ESPN, from the WWE. We were on the street with him yesterday, and the FedEx guy knows Peter Rosenberg. He said, I was listening to you this morning. And then Peter got a ticket on his <laughs> on his car. Sorry about that to Peter. Should we reimburse him? Absolutely not. Oh. No, that is the tax for coming over here. Well, thank you, Peter, for coming on the podcast every year. Every year he gets a ticket. Yeah. Well, as always with Peter, it's a wide-ranging conversation that goes everywhere from the passing of Combat Jack to Donald Trump to Mike Francesa to wrestling to... Yeah, we had a lot to say about wrestling. We Well, I don't know that we had a lot to say. Peter has a lot to say. We have a lot of questions about wrestling. But yeah. it's always a fun conversation with our friend Peter, our what? Our, I mean, I would put Shine ahead of him. Oh, man. All right. Top five. He's a top five Jew. Well, I don't... Let's not put a number on it. He's a he's a he's a Jew that we know. Top tier Jew. Yeah. Peter Rosenberg. Jeff, when do you want to get into this episode? Uh, right now. Do your yelling. Yeah, do the yelling right, thing. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> oh, here we go. The big ready. yelling shtick. Ready, ready, ready. Ready. Ba, 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 ba. The mic isn't on right now. Right, right, <laughs> oh, my mic's not on. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, good. All right, ready. Yo, what up? It's Eric, aka Bubba Sparks, Perspiration, aka Ugly Sweater. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, aka Never Share, aka Money Bono. I like Never Share. <laughs> 
never share. Oh, it's Rosenberg, aka. Um, oh, someone I had a good one the other day. Boo. You screwed up already. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's Rosenberg, aka No Lex Wearing, aka your uh, favorite restaurant's favorite customer, <laughs> aka I'm wearing black on blue this year. I don't care about clashing. Wow. wow. Yeah, this is a waste of time. This is the real. I love this, Peter. This has become like a tradition. It's it's basically our Christmas. We just reunite with you once a year at our apartment. This to, is a to what? talk. This is the third time. This is the third time. Congratulations. Yeah, you are the you are the most tenured person on this podcast no, besides there, us. There'd be a couple other third no other three timers. I don't think I so. There might be who Dan, uh, Waz and Nodwan here. Oh, maybe. Three times. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. right. Well. We'll just think of you as the I'm first. The, oh, let's yeah. Yeah. I'm the biggest one. Yeah. I'm the, I'm <laughs> the biggest one. I heard, I heard, I talked to people. Yeah. They said every time I'm on, the numbers are the biggest they've ever been. Your numbers are going to be through the roof on this episode. I want to tell you that right now. I guarantee it. I, I, I told you I told you just a minute ago that I listened to last year's podcast. Yeah. And we started off talking about Trump. And there's so much stuff in there that we predicted would happen. I mean, other than, other than all that war. That came true. Wow, that's interesting to think about, like, where our mindset was one year ago and, like, the the frame of mind we were in at this. We did it right around the same date last year, right? We did, yeah, same exactly. Same week, right? Yeah. Yeah. Final mm-hmm. week, with, yeah. which is, by the way, yeah, it's a great tradition because I love this week. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I don't have the Michael K show this year. Nice. I'm just, like, chilling. Are and... you really doing plugs right now? <laughs> I'm not doing the Michael K show on 98.7 <laughs> uh, afternoons. It's the three to seven. Right. Tune in. Um, but no, it, it is a, it is interesting to just think about where we are relative to that. And like, in some ways it's better because we've at least calmed down to the point of like, you're not terrified um, on a total day to day. Like I think the last two weeks, mm-hmm. you know, passing a bad tax code. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm cool with that. That's regular bad Republican politics. Well, this is really bad. They no, snuck it, in so much terrible stuff. No, in no. There. Listen, I, and I'm sure I'm not, and I haven't read it extensively. And I'm sure it's. Hey, terrible. you want to know what? Nobody has, <laughs> no, including <laughs> President Trump, yeah. who thinks that it's repealing Obamacare. But right. my point is, even if they snuck in the worst stuff, yeah, mm-hmm. bad, terrible tax code that hurts most Americans and is only good for the rich. Mm-hmm. That is still regular <laughs> politics. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm not happy with it, yeah. but I hate it the way I've always hated conservative politics. Oh, this is versus yeah. it's not it's not antagonizing North Korea. You well, know? Yeah. Um, hold on one second. Okay. Um, hey Juanito, I'm I'm doing the <laughs> it's the real podcast. What's up? Oh hi hi Jeff and and his cousin. Oh no, no we're Jeff, Jeff and Eric. They're we're brothers. brothers. It's fine. Bro- it's all right. Yeah. Eric and his cousin. That's right. All right, go ahead. What do you got? What do you need, Juanito? Uh, well, first off, hi guys. Hey, you already um, said that. You covered that once. All right, what else you got? Oh uh, well, uh, it's something related to TP and possible potential uh, contest stuff. Will you get me up later? Well, just text me the, the text me and I'll hit you back. It, just get me this stuff. It's already sent. It's already sent. Is that all you were calling to tell me? Was that you already sent me the content? No, but something else related. Like a just say it. You know what? Just is it? It's is it something you want to share with the podcast? Is it private? Well, I thought it was interesting that Enzo called out uh, The Rock, and that could be potentially something Ugh. interesting. <laughs> Wrong podcast. You know what? I got to tell you, though, that is a good call. Will you tell Will you tell the video department that one? You know, that's a good call. Every once in a while, Juanito actually says something that's pretty good. You know what? You're right. En- Enzo Amore calls out The Rock is pretty good. Well, since I have you guys on the phone, how come I never got invited to the podcast? All right, we got to go. Oh, yeah. We got to go, John. <laughs> I got to tell you, DJ John is one of, Juanito, yeah. is one of those guys who has really learned 
exactly what his character is and like how to make it awesome. It's amazing. Like what he just did there, the yes. intentional like no, no, yeah, no. Yeah. Like yeah. he knows you're getting hung up on. Right. Like and when honestly like that's what uh, that's when a radio show is hitting its peak mm-hmm. when every character is like that's who I am. I'm not fighting for it to be something else. <laughs> right. I'm not like oh take me more seriously. So it's all downhill from here. <laughs> I wasn't going to go that way, but yeah, I guess you can view it that way. Um, No, I think we still have some room to grow. Mm -hmm. You know, certainly ratings wise, we're good. I would like to be like dominant, which Mm -hmm. we're not. We're like in a, we're in like a very good, even back and forth fight with the breakfast club in New York radio. Why does not nationally? I want to be clear. So people don't come at me and go, what you think you're more popping the breakfast club? No, I believe that they, I, I, I'm saying this right now. I've been very honest recently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They yeah, what won, happened? I don't know. <laughs> well, because I, I, I've, I've let go of certain fights that I always had built in me by nature. It, a lot of it came. It's an appropriate time to talk about it because mm-hmm. obviously we'll talk about Combat Jack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I ended Juan Epstein for all intents and purposes, when we decided to like not do it the same way we were doing it, I felt a tremendous sense of like relief from like the competitive nature that I feel to a certain degree and really just wanted to be like the best. I know it sounds so basic, but like the best at what I'm doing. Yeah. So like we do really well competing with The Breakfast Club on morning radio. So a lot of people get confused and they're like, what are you talking about? The Breakfast Club crushes you. The Breakfast Club is syndicated. Like when I go to Houston and I turn on urban radio, they're I, there. It's, it's The Breakfast Club, right? Mm-hmm. Um they're they won the digital war like i just there's no argument about it like that's just what it is mm-hmm. um and i've i've reconciled to be okay with that and i am happy to just do an awesome local morning show do you remember so when like, do you we remember, do we do we do a good awesome local morning show do you remember when uh when dave and jay leno were going at each other and dave had a huge billboard right in times square that said like we're number two <laughs> yeah. and he just like bought into it and it was great and by the way in the long run Dave's got the better show. And it ended up being number one. And yeah. and like I know, you know, like like I said, they won. Their their ability to to do a big show is and, and get a lot of uh, noise mm-hmm. is, is awesome. I know what I hear from people who want to listen to a local morning show that like feels like morning radio. They have canned interviews every ten minutes. It's not the same thing. Like they're running up up a, a running a syndicated show is is a lot of work that requires like playing things that have to air everywhere. We literally can be like start talking right now in the middle of a song <laughs> and like we just do. Yeah. And there's a flexibility to that that makes it a really great like it's okay to be a local New York morning show. Right. That's all I ever wanted in life. That sounds yeah. like a real losing attitude. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. I know. But um, I've no, always been very curious about when. I guess Ebro decided to acknowledge like their content on air. I always thought that was like a big well, turn. It's probably because he had to, right? Like at a certain point, it's it you can't just say you're oh, an asshole if if you if they do the the Birdman moment, yeah, right, right. If they do put some respect on my name, which big is moment. the biggest moment of their run, yeah. Um, in my opinion, they haven't had anything close since. Um, <laughs> but I still have to take some well, shots. Neither, neither has Birdman. That's a, also yeah. a good point. Yeah. Um. But for you not to acknowledge a cultural moment is mm-hmm. stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, we 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 stopped that a long time ago. Because there was a time in your guys' radio war where it was just like the station down the dial. Oh right? yeah, like but I now guys, full. Or... I, I had a full change on that. Like yeah. I just believed it's stupid. Um, Charlemagne does a thing where when people ask about us, he goes, "Who? I don't know." Like I saw a thing. You're someone... the J Lo to his Mariah Carey. Yeah, wow. It's silly. Like wow. he got asked. Uh, I think the last question uh, someone sent it to me on his hot ones on uh, complex. complex yeah. The mm-hmm. last question 
was say something good about Rosenberg and Ebro. And like he couldn't. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, fam, it ain't that deep. Bro. <laughs> but is it like, that but is that the character then? Like I don't know. I don't know that. Like, like you're praising like Juanito for his character. Is he playing a character? Like oh, like you know. Uh, that's you know maybe. But I mean, with me and him, it's always like there's that thing continues to exist of like, don't acknowledge it. And listen, he's a he is a ra- old school radio dude. Mm-hmm. He acknowledged us while they were behind us, and once they took the lead, particularly particularly digitally, because right now we are back and forth in mornings. Um, but when they took the lead digitally, it's like, no, we're not going to acknowledge them, which is a radio. That mm-hmm. is a belief. Like you acknowledge when you're behind mm-hmm. because, you know, that helps build your attention. And once you're in the lead, you don't give it back. Mm-hmm. So that is a philosophy. I just feel like these days content comes from so many places. Mm-hmm. People have things they like. Like, let's be honest. When, when a big artist does a round of interviews, people decide where they're going to watch. And like there's, a, am sure, a big population that just is like, oh, I just watched the Breakfast Club interviews. That's it. There's some people like, I watch all of them. I watch Sway. I watch whatever comes up. There's some people like, I don't fuck with the Breakfast Club. I just like watching your guys' interviews. I think they're smarter. Whatever the thing is that they like. But for me to like, if they've had enough moments... Our characters are all solidified mm-hmm. in terms of what we are, how we exist. So, like, there's no – I just don't feel it anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I don't feel the same animosity in the same way. I mean, there. if you want to get me into, like, a really – I could still – you guys know me well mm-hmm. – open up the door and be like, let me delve into it. But on a daily basis, I don't uh, – I, I, listen, I'm, I, I have tons of other problems. But <laughs> – We talk about those. We can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that negativity part of it, I just it was felt not good, and like, um, and then I have like new ones. I had it with like Craig Carton, right? At the fan, which Eric loved though, because I, I, I can't stand Chris Carton. He's a he's a is it Chris Carton? I honestly always forget. Uh, Craig, Craig Craig Carton. Yeah. Love that you did that yeah. unintentionally. That was the best. Is Eric, Chris, yeah, oh. he's your J Lo and your Mariah <laughs> yeah, Carey. Yeah. So like, I it, it, it pains me that he went to Syracuse University. Like it's, it's on that level. I know. Wait, listen, Chris or Craig? Uh, Craig Carton. Yeah. Formerly of WFAN. Formerly. Yes. He, uh, listen, he's a bad guy. And like you could tell he's a bad guy. Right. Charlemagne's iffy because to me, I, he's been a bad guy. But I know a lot of other people who don't feel that way. Mm-hmm. So right. like, Charlemagne's always been like fine with us. but And other people yeah, I yeah. know who I who I like. So I'm, I think, let me put it this way. Yeah. I don't think Charlemagne's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Wait for it. I think he plays dirty in radio. Okay. And I think I just now discovered that's the difference. So I want to be like, no, morally, he edited audio of Cypher Sounds. They released the Floyd Mayweather drop audio, which I thought was really fucked up. Mm-hmm. Like those are, but that's all playing dirty within radio. Right? right. That doesn't mean he's a bad guy. It means he does anything to win in radio. I wouldn't do that. Right. But I have other moral things that maybe he wouldn't do. Okay. So with Carton, you could just tell like. He's a bad guy. Right. Like you, if you like, when I was like feuding with him, I googled like Carton racist, yeah. and like eight different stories came up. Right. Like about like <laughs> the time he offended this group and the time he went after that group, the time he started having listeners call up to report suspected illegal aliens. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, right. you're like a terrible person. <laughs> right. Once maybe it's a mistake. <laughs> exactly. No, no, no. There were yeah, so wrong many number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah. First of all, the the, the the my original stuff was just like you guys know, like I can hear coded language and be like, this guy sounds like a racist. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then when you Google it, be like, I'm curious, is this guy racist? 
And then it's like, and Google always has the answers. Yeah. And but these are like, it, but it references real local articles in newspapers mm-hmm. where they're like, he was suspended because he did blank. He was suspended. I was like, eh, yeah, there might be some fire here with the Not smoke. Great. Not oh, great. and then, and then, <laughs> and then things unfold, and you're like, oh, well. You actually were a really bad guy. So, uh, but, I, but the point is, I didn't want to add another. I was like, man, how many negative things can I have like to fight with people? I just don't. People think I like that, and I don't. It's my own insecurity that makes me do that. Okay. I don't like it. So here's one that like cuts to the core of me: is that I'm a huge Mike Francesa fan. I'm a huge Mike and the Mad Dog fan. Like, like their whole career meant everything to me i was i like you talk about radio i sat down next to like my radio and listened to them growing up every afternoon Eric right? transcribed every single episode <laughs> oh my god <laughs> That's a lot no i i loved them i like obsessed over wfan it was my thing there sure. was and and by the way when espn launched their like local radio stations i wouldn't even listen to the them. this is my I'm like sure. jay and nas stuff right like no just i get it jay yeah and I love Mike Francesa. I hate that he voted for Trump. I hate some of the things that he does or did or whatever. But for the very most part, he, to me, to me, is radio royalty. And I love his career and respect him so much. You know, on the other hand, you have like Phil Mushnick or like whoever, you know, people want to hate on him regularly. Mushnick's a bad guy too, I'm sure. Not a bad guy. Mean journalist. Mean spirited. Mean spirited. You definitely jumped in against Mike. How much of that was like... You're his competitor, and how much of that is you just really don't like the guy? I don't know him at all, so I'll start with that. I don't know him at all. Here's what frustrates me about Francesa. Um, Francesa, this is not a popular opinion to New Yorkers. Right. New Yorkers have a tendency, and this is one of the things I actually relish about being an adopted New Yorker, because I truly do consider this my home now, and I don't give a shit what anyone says. I mean, you've been here for how long? Over 10 years. Right. Yeah. Right. And I married my wife here, and our well, children were You grow married up here. her in Long Island, right. so. Lo- what New Yorker Jays. <laughs> I guess, yeah. So, but no, getting married in Long Island is such a New Yorker move. It is. <laughs> right. it so, is. Um, so, here's what New Yorkers do something is attached nostalgically to them. And because it was a big thing there, mm-hmm. it's the best overall. Get out. <laughs> Get out right now. <laughs> so. I agree with that. That's something that happens. It happened mm-hmm. here. It's the best. New York's the greatest city in the world. I agree. America's the best country in the world. <laughs> Thank you. None of these things are tested. There is no standards for these things. It's just an opinion by the people who live here. Okay. Um, it's the place I choose to live in both cases. However, I don't believe New York's the greatest city in the world. I don't believe America's Wait. the best country in the world. I believe they're my two favorites. Okay. Okay? Yes. There's a difference. Yes. So in the case of Mike Francesa, Mike Francesa, Emmis launched WFAN in the late 80s. It was the first format like that, okay? Mm-hmm. So... Um, Jeff Simulian, who owns my company, mm-hmm. should be everyone's hero. He's a Radio Hall of Famer. He created that format. Mm-hmm. And then they took this guy, Mike Francesa. This guy. And, <laughs> and, and another guy, Matt, Chris Mad Dog Russo. Yeah. In my opinion, Chris Mad Dog Russo is radio gold. He's lightning in a bottle. He is bad dog. He sounds insane. He goes off on anything. His emotion is 
it's palpable. You can feel him when you talk to him at any moment in real life. Russo, who I have interviewed, mm-hmm. you at any moment when you talk to him, you feel everything. I believe Russo is a star. Francesa, I believe, is solid, but was right guy, right time. And and then became a part of your nostalgia so deeply mm-hmm. that you cannot separate whether he's a great radio personality or whether he's just a part of your life that you love. For example, my favorite show on the WWE Network is Primetime. When I go back and watch episodes of Primetime, I realize the bits are funny, the matches were garbage, they put on trash, but when I hear it, it is a warm blanket and my mom cooking me matzo ball soup. It just feels like home. And I think that people cannot separate those things. Mike Francesa for the last decade has been most known for getting things completely wrong or embarrassing himself some way on air. Right. Had that been done by some guy in a podunk market with a country accent, a redneck accent instead of a New York accent, New Yorkers would think it was an embarrassment and shouldn't be anywhere because he has a New York redneck accent. Mm-hmm. Everyone identifies. And I just think he gets a lot of extra love that is not as deserved as people think. Mike was number 1. Number 1. In in the books every every quarter, right? Yes. Like forever. Yes. People are going to aim for his back once he's number one, regardless of whether he's making mistakes or not. And I think because of social media, those are sort of like blown up. Yeah, I mean, um, I agree. But I mean, let's just be honest. The level of he has he has faux pas that are pretty bad. Sure. You know, falling some, asleep or. Yeah. Know. Or like blatantly saying like, I didn't say that. And then, <laughs> uh, yes, of yeah. course, with him, people record it now because yes. it became so regular. And he has a huge ego. Totally. By the way. And then, and then there's the then there's a second layer. Which is I've worked in the industry now for a good amount of time. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I talk to people and people talk. Yeah. Doesn't sound like my cup of tea. Right. He doesn't carry himself the way I do, the way uh, he's the opposite of how Kay carries himself. And I know there are people who are New Yorkers who you just could never convince them on Michael Kay. They'll be like, whatever, Kay is annoying. I hate the Yankees. I hate Kay. I love Francesa. Kay is a gem of a human. So when you hear the like the stories about Francesa too, it became easy for me to really want to like cape for Michael Kay, who mm-hmm. like didn't have to treat me well when I got to his show. Sure. I was kind of forced on him by ESPN nationally. Mm-hmm. Like they were like, we have an idea. We think you should try it. And he could have been the world's biggest dick. Mm-hmm. And instead he was gave it a shot, saw it worked, and has been like totally into it. Which is great. But by the way, like I'm not knocking the nostalgic flavor that you guys have for him. If I'd grow, I get the feel when I hear him. I've been here long enough to to it feels somewhat homey to me. And by the way, I love where they came together. Like there was a yin and a yang to it, like with Mike and Chris. Like, yes, I love them together more than I like them apart. Like everyone just, does, yeah, right? Let's be yeah. clear. Yeah. Like, that that's the best version of them. Well, would you listen to Mad Dog if he wasn't on satellite radio? I don't listen to him on satellite radio. Right. No. But but that is, is that a function of him being on satellite radio or him? If if, if he if Dog had been on local FM radio, I would have turned him on. Okay. Here's a follow up question, and um, I don't know which way you'll go on this, but your new competition is a good friend of your wife's. Yes. Um, and also someone who's nostalgic to me because he was Mike and Chris's producer for a long time, and then had a falling out with Mike, who is because Mike's a bad guy. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> And those are those are that's a big slot to fill, and he's going up right against you. 
Yeah, the, I, I'm excited about and it. And that's Chris Carlin. It's Chris Carlin. Who, by the way, is known to be a great guy. The best guy. Yeah. So, like, you know, the, the only... I went, I went and saw Chris Carlin at... Uh, we went to a Phillies game this year mm-hmm. just to go visit him in Philly because... Because that's he, where he was working until he took... Yeah, and of course, position. I'm an idiot. And when I said, do you think you'll ever get Francesca's job? And he was like, no chance. I believed that mm-hmm. instead of realizing like, no, of course, CBS put him in Philly to get him ready for a while right. and have him move up and get this. Right. I'm excited in, in, in speak in, in, in the theme of not wanting to be negative. I'm excited that I love my competition. Like now I hope it doesn't turn because like Bart is my boy too. Mm-hmm. So Bart Scott and I get along great, but Bart is an athlete who I could see like if things got intense, like us kind of going at each other, I could see it happening. Hope it doesn't because I love him. Mm-hmm. But I've never had competition that I feel fondly about. Uh, Maggie Gray from SI is very cool with my wife. I, I ran into her recently and thought she was terrific. So I, I, it's weird to have competition that you are fond of. Mm-hmm. I am annoyed that people think it's a foregone conclusion we're now going to win. Because you have to understand, Mike Francesa benefited from that real estate. It's 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 that real estate is precious, mm-hmm. which can lead us to a, a Joe Budden conversation if we want to have that too. Totally, yeah. Real estate is important. Um, it's all if, about location. If Francesca had <laughs> gone to, if Francesca, that's right, had Francesca <laughs> gone to Satellite and Chris stayed on six sixty, right, he'd be the bigger deal. Yeah, right. I'm sorry. I mean, right. he, I don't think anyone would argue. Dog's the more compelling personality. That's had he been there, he would have been the bigger deal. So them staying in that slot. That's a big. You know how big the six sixty signal is. Yeah, it's we, the fifty thousand watt clear channel voice of the Mets, Jets, Knicks, Rangers, and St. John's basketball. See, <laughs> it used to be clear channel at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So it, no, no, it, that's what they called it. They it called wasn't. It, yeah, it wasn't clear they channel. It the clear channel. Yeah, the clear so channel. Yeah. You can Why get do you think it, they named the company after that signal? That is weird, right? <laughs> um, but it is. Uh, I can get that. I can get six sixty at home. Yeah. You can like, get it down in wait, Florida. Home being DC. Oh, oh well, yeah, the truth yeah, comes yeah. out. The well, greatest city in I the world. I say home for both. I say home for both, for the wow. record. When I go home to DC, mm-hmm. I'm like, honey, I want to go home. <laughs> and when I'm here, I'm like, we're going home for the weekend. So it's, it's both are home. But um, that real estate's huge. Yeah. And when we compete against them, we have our 98.7 signal up against their 660 signal and their 1019 signal. Mm-hmm. Also, it should be How many be watts noted, you got? <laughs> they got plenty of watts. Yeah. But um, it's FM watts are different. But <laughs> for the record, all I was saying, and I, their, their producer loved to take my tweets and like retweet them so I get hate all day from their people. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, which I think is like really awesome that you want to do that. But all I would get frustrated about, like I wouldn't have said shit about Frances on the way out. Mm-hmm. But when someone brought up K and they're like, oh, I think K's going to be number one now. And he and, and Francesca goes, you know, he's never been number one. True. Never won a book. And he's like, never been close. Never, ever been close. As we were literally within the last book when he should have been pulling away by the widest margin he's ever had. Mm-hmm. Like seven weeks straight, they were up like four tenths on us. <laughs> I was just like, don't say never, ever been close because, you know, it's the closest it's ever been. And by the way, do I sound like a loser celebrating getting close? Yes, I do. But you just don't have to blatantly lie. Like I just don't. He has a Trumpian way of just being like, and his people just believe it as if they get Nielsen ratings and know what the ratings are. They tell me you're lying. And I'm like, no, no, I physically look at it. You don't know. Yeah, but facts don't matter anymore. You should know that better than anybody. And he's the, but, and I do think he's, there's a lot that, and here's my question. Yes. Yeah. 
for all for how amazing Francesa is, I, I and maybe you're such a super fan, maybe you'll have those moments. I don't think he has like the those interview moments that you hold on to, and like the legendary time he talked to blank was like a national thing that became like a really big thing. I well, I don't know that they became big things, but I always enjoyed every interview. Like I thought they were deep and compelling, and it it just spoke to me. Yeah, listen, I, and and by the way, and, and I have so yeah. Let's just in closing on that subject. Yeah, I have no beef with that, and I think he certainly deserves legend status. You could think someone's a legend and think they're overrated at the same time. I think he's a legend, mm-hmm. but I think New Yorkers' nostalgia is so deep that when you're like, he's the greatest radio personality of all time, I'll tell you right now, my favorite radio personality in D.C. Big Tigger. Um, Steve Zabin, yeah. who just does nights in D.C. He's not a legend yet or anything like that. He's, mm-hmm. been, doing, he's been doing radio in 10, 15 years in D.C. I think he's 10 times the radio host that Mike Francis is. I, he does sports? Yeah. Okay. I grew up with a guy on AM radio in D.C. named Ken Beatrice. I think Ken Beatrice was 10 times. So like... It's what you grew up on. Costas used to be on radio and did a show called Costas Coast to Coast. I thought he was way better than See, Francesca he's a Syracuse was. graduate that I fuck with. So. Well, he's yeah. a good man. <laughs> so I just want to say, like, just appreciate your nostalgia. It's cool, but, like, not... California Tortilla is my favorite restaurant. When I go home, every time I go back to D.C., I go get a burrito from there. Is California Tortilla home? <laughs> by the way, yes. <laughs> but Do they know you by name? Um, at some locations. Oh, yeah. They've really expanded well. <laughs> But they're not the best burrito in the world. Well, they're just well, my spot. You know, sometimes you just got to test it out. <laughs> yeah, you know, and maybe if you compare it, it is. Yeah. Anyways, but um, that's my story. I'm All right. So Joe Budden. Yeah. Joe Budden left or was asked to leave or whatever complex left like biggest show ever yes. everyday show which by the way so we did we did this year end wrap up and one of the questions one of the one of the categories we had was artist of the year and Eric said Joe Budden. And and he's not even an artist, right? Yeah. But he has been in every conversation, no matter whether it was like the Migos or Lil Yachty or Jeezy or whoever. Joe was at the center of conversation and he doesn't even rap, right? He's so influential and part of 2017. It's crazy. By the way, I was on board with this, but the other five people who were in our apartment were not. <laughs> At all. Disgusted. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They were just like, oh, we came on the train to see you for this. And like, you know. That's a good trolley take. I like yeah. it. Yeah. No, but, but he, he had such a but it's great a good year. argument, too. That's yeah. what makes it a good take. So uh, you brought Joe Budden into podcasting, I believe. And you'll take him out. And, <laughs> and I, exactly. <laughs> um, and so you, you saw what this could be. I yes. mean. He's an incredible talent. Totally. And can talk and has he's takes. Joe, and he's incredibly compelling. Like, you can't take your eye off Joe. He's the real deal. And by the way, the word artist you you said is right. What Joe has that not a lot of other people have, he's a real artist with the way he does everything. That's his mentality. That's part of why he's leaving right now because he's a fucking crazy person also. And I yeah. love the guy. My my I think our well I think our public I think our, our relationship is pretty public. Our ups and downs is a pretty public uh You thing. and Joe. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, Joe makes decisions that I think are not good. What did what's Kanye's line? It's like, uh, "What genius you know ain't crazy" or whatever. Yeah, uh, Joe's a ge- Joe is a genius, and and mostly as a personality, mm-hmm. that is what his calling is. Um, however, I believe this is a mistake. You know, and I'm not saying he won't bounce back. He was like, "I'm a creative. I'm creative. I'll create again. I'll create another one." There's a few things that I think are messed up, and let me just give full disclosure. I love Complex. Mm-hmm. Okay, like they've they have been fair to me since I started doing anything outside of Hot 97. They appreciated me, paid me well, treated me nicely. I've only had good experiences there, so I should be clear about that. Do you also love Joe Budden? 
I love Joe Budden. Can't say every experience has been good, but we love each other. Like right. there's real love there. Yeah. I know it goes both ways. You know, um, he's a great. He, I consider Joe a friend. Mm-hmm. I, I interviewed him before anyone ever knew who I was, and we stayed in touch as a result of that. Just full disclosure: Do you also love DJ Academics? I do not know DJ <laughs> Academics, but I did. St- I did kind of stick up for him on on Twitter, but I yeah. do not know Academics, and I've actually clowned him before. Because, you know, I'm not a big fan of people who's come getting into the game is kind of done by repurposing other people's content. Mm-hmm. I have issues with everyone who has gotten in the game that way. Right. Mm-hmm. That said, I think academics have done a great job with their platform. Yeah. So here's my issue with this. Can Joe create again? Yes. Can Joe have something great again? Yes. However, like Francesa, do not no sell that real estate. The complex real estate and timing of when it came out was awesome. Joe's podcast was popping before. Mm -hmm. It was a popping little podcast. His podcast is bigger because of complex. The show was bigger because it was on complex. And also, do not negate the chemistry that he has with Nadeska, Nadeska, and, and, and not only academics, but Nadeska too. That needs yeah. to be mentioned. Yeah, because that role's not, not nothing. That's a big role. No, she's great. So to me, here's what I don't appreciate. And um, I haven't told, I haven't called Joe to tell him this on the side. So maybe I'm a bad guy for not just saying this to him, and I'm, I, and maybe I will. It's, I don't believe the stories that there's internal chaos. I believe Joe wants to make more money, and I believe the money is inherently limited because it's a digital show on a platform that they're building and hoping to be really big. Mm-hmm. And I think Joe wants more, and I think Joe's like, if you can't pay me more, I'm out. And I think I get that. I don't think that's unfair. Yeah. It well, it depends on what you view as fair. I don't know what the offer is. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um. Well. Okay. But as I see the issues, I, I didn't listen to the whole podcast. I didn't hear any. So tell me what else he said. By the way. Okay. What he said was that there were certain deals that were happening that he and academics would not get paid for extra, but like the company would. So like for instance. Nike sponsors um, an episode of Everyday Struggle. Everybody has to wear the new Nikes. The Vapor Maxes, yeah. And so, but he doesn't get paid on on top of that. Okay. Complex does. Um, if also, that if that's exactly how it played out. Sure. It, yes. Sure. Or or was it that they said you could get money, but it wasn't the amount that he saw fit? Well, he didn't say that. What he said was that that they that they offered getting, him nothing. Yeah. And so he also said that Spotify had come in with some other uh, deal, and then it didn't happen because Joe said that he wouldn't be involved or something. Right. And and I think I think ultimately the contract that the, he was offered five months ago is the same contract that. He was offered again at the end of the existing contract. So that I think- would that would be shocking. Him getting the same offer, the exact same offer with no bump, given how the show did. Yeah, I find that surprising and borderline hard to believe. Okay, mm-hmm. um, because I've never known them to be stupid. Now, is there a situation in which? He wants so much money that they're like, we don't pay anyone here close to that. And could, so to do be. that screws us over with Hot Ones, with Joe LaPuma's show that gets more views than anything they do. Right. How do we reconcile that? Because we cannot pay anyone, even people who are doing similar me- or better metrics to yours. Right. How can we do that? Now, but I have not had that conversation, so I don't know if that's true. I'll just say this. I love Joe. I do think he's erratic. I do think he gets he he is an egomaniac as am I so I understand that part but 
I, 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 listen, if they really offered him a shitty deal, that's a bad job out of them. Do I believe that? Probably not. I probably err on he went hip hop style and was like, I need blank amount. Come with the check. You know, like my favorite story that we told in the podcast before about most deaf demanding at when he was at Raucous a $10,000 hat or he wouldn't go on late night TV <laughs> to perform. Oh, no. OK. And they're like, please, it's our biggest single. He's like, right. buy me the $10,000 hat and I'll go on TV. Right. Did I, you get the $10,000 hat, though? I, I, you'd have to ask Jarrett. <laughs> I, I don't know if that happened or not. I think maybe they did come up with it. But. So I guess uh, the president's went, been yeah, set. Yeah. <laughs> but this is not if you were Joe, you're not a rapper getting a bag. You're a dude. A you're a dude setting up a career. If you were yeah. Joe in that situation, what would you do? I don't know how much he demanded. I am not. I am a terrible person to ask in this regard. I I believe I've I've been underpaid basically everything I've ever done. Mm-hmm. So I am a. I err on the opposite side, which I don't think is right either, which is like, I t- you know, we can't afford this, but we really want to have you do this. And I'm kind of like, okay. Like, I am that guy. But I, also- I always was that guy. I'm becoming less that guy since mm-hmm. I got an agent. Yeah. I've become less that guy. There's so much less hate in your blood now. <laughs> you see that I'm a different guy. Well, Yo, I, your when- skin is popping right now. When- <laughs> Are you noticing my skin? Yeah. You've been drinking a lot of water, unlike last year. <laughs> oh, I'm so different in that regard. You know, Did we talk about my skin last year? No. Yeah, no, no, because you said, you said, and uh, this is really Are you just made, I've already said that, haven't I? And you're just mocking me. What about your skin? Yeah, no, it does look good. You were sincerely mean. That. <laughs> yeah, Why, thank you. That's a tremendous compliment. I was, how horrible do you think I am to be like, hey? By I the thought way. it was something that I said about myself, and you were just repeating it to make fun. So of last yeah. year, I, I mean, that that doesn't like me. I, li- I listened. <laughs> I listened to last year's episode last night and this morning just to go over like what was said, so we wouldn't cover it again. And one of the things that you mentioned was that you usually don't fall into the trap of like responding to trolls or whatever. But you said if you really want to go after me, and you say that like, oh. Yeah, you know, I, what like Peter looks old or something? No, right? yeah, when, when Peter feels really good about himself and then someone jumps in on Snapchat and says, hey, you look as old as me, and you go, and, and he said, you should drink more water. You said that's when you got offended, and you responded to the guy, and the guy never responded. You're like, you take all the time to insult me. And I, I remember that. That, that was hurtful when mm-hmm. someone yeah. would say that. There's and another thing. Especially because you drink lots of water, you said. There's another thing that really bothered me. Mm-hmm. Last week, Michelle Beadle, when I went on Sports Nation, made a joke about me afterwards on the K show that I've seen in my comments before. I didn't hear it, but I was told about it. That she said something about me having Trump hands. And I was like, I don't have particularly small hands. I've not that's not a thing. And the guy who told me about this is a pro athlete. Mm-hmm. So I shook his hand. <laughs> there were two pro athletes. Rick DiPietro, yeah. who was a goalie, right. pretty big hands. We shook hands. My hand was... Was he wearing a, a glove? Not a hockey glove. Okay. No gloves. Mm-hmm. Half, like ha- a quarter of a digit. <laughs> yeah. A quarter of a digit <laughs> below his hands. And then I shook hands with Chris Canty, who's a six foot eight defensive lineman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, my matchup, totally good. <laughs> and I was like, is there something I do with my hands when I talk? That make them look small because I am offended by that. I do not want to have Trumpian hands. But right. is she even talking about the size, or is she just talking about the fact that you use your hands when you talk? I assumed she meant size because doing hand gestures is not a Trump thing to me. That's a Jewish thing. All right, an or Italian, Italian, Italian yeah. yeah, like that. Though that's just an, an are ethnic, you Italian? <laughs> that's an ethnic thing. That's not a Trump thing. Right. I thought she meant small. You, let me see, let me shake hands. What do you? What do I you think you have right. a decent size hand. Right. Let's match up. <laughs> Oh no, you have Trump hands too. No, We're like the same size. We do not have Trump hands, guys. Let me see yours. No, don't. You're the don't taller brother. This. Oh, see, that's a hand. <laughs> you got like, but you're only like a quarter. Again, look at that. I'm close, and you're much taller than me, and I'm close. Jeff has a uh, Jeff has a hockey glove of a hand. You really yeah. do. 
Yeah. So that is that is the new way. So trolls coming at me in 2018, hit me with that Trump hands. You're giving them the cheat code. Take it. <laughs> Go ahead. I'll get upset about um, it. A waste of time with It's The Reels. 12 Days of Podcast is sponsored by our friends at Def Jam Recordings who have consistently dropped the best projects this whole holiday season. If you're like our friend Shinsuke Ikeda and you celebrate Christmas at the Blake's house every year, what do you get for the family who invites you in, spends all day on the most elaborate Christmas dinner, gives you presents galore, and loves you like their own son? A quick trip to the liquor store, you say? I say no. Shin, this is a message for you. Go get the Blakes a copy of Jeezy's new album, Pressure, which features amazing guest verses from 2 Chains, Rick Ross, Puff Daddy, YG, Kodak Black, and of course, Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole on that slapper called American Dream. Pressure is available on all streaming services, Shin, including Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, Google Play, Pandora, and of course at jeezyshop.com where you can cop all those pressure hoodies for Bob, for Thomas, for Gina, and get something nice for Kat too, huh? And don't sleep on that Friday on Elm Street project from friends of this podcast, Fabulous and Jadicus. You know that's bars on bars on bars, which speaks right to the Blake Shin. This new vinyl version of Janae Aiko's Trip, which has the dope song Sativa and When We Were Young. And of course, Jesse Boinkins III's new album, Bartholomew, which features Sid, Trinidad James, Bridget Kelly, Melanie Fiona, and more. Shin, on your way to Midnight Mass, grab the aux cord and pull up on church on Christmas, blasting some deaf jam records all right okay were you happy to find out that black thought is a good rapper <laughs> oh my god i can't believe the guy from the tonight show can rap right. <laughs> that was so good uh but no that, I, I i'll tell you what though as someone who has not always ranked him as highly as other people mm-hmm. i thought it was cool that in 2018 out of the blue you added to your case 2017 you added to your case for top 10 MCs. Amazing. Because I know there's some people like, he's number one, he's number five, you're crazy, he's number three. But there are people like me who have a tough time with him in top 10 for just a bunch of personal factors. It's, I've always thought he was what amazing. That, he keyed your car or something like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have a real issue with each other. Yeah. No, I just like, I love Black Thought and, a, and, and always thought he was an amazing MC. But like, his... Um, he only he has a limited body of work that resonates with me. Mm-hmm. So it's personal. It's right. just like random taste. It's not about what his skill set is. So to me, to watch that to me, honestly, he and this may sound ridiculous, but to me, I think he sort of jumped into my top 10. Like wow. maybe he gets 10 now. As simple as just like doing the 10 minute freestyle. It was so impressive. It was very it impressive. Was like, no, of course. From a sheer, like he said on Fallon that it was a freestyle. Right. I think that means it's probably a compilation of like some written, some, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. He was wearing a $10,000 hat. <laughs> to, to do a 10, to do 10 minutes of like completely no hesitation bars mm-hmm. that have not been on songs before right which is unbelievable way, like with the added difficulty of having flex yelling in his face <laughs> what <laughs> bars <laughs> by the way flex's ad-libs at the end of that were among like, amazing the best i mean amazing have you guys seen the gifs of oh, flex's yeah. face i was waiting i haven't seen them yet. it's they, so good oh, they're so good it was awesome. It was just so cool. And then the fact that he shouted out Combat Jack on yeah, it. it was know, very, very special. And, that, that, and at the time, I was like, oh, man, that's awesome. Yeah. Not knowing that when it came out, maybe he already knew that well, Combat Jack was doing really poorly. Well, uh, yeah, I, I think I think he probably I mean, had an idea. It, look, Combat... Uh, we saw him, what, a month ago? Mm-hmm. 
That's when you recorded your end of the year thing. No, no, no. We he, he, he wasn't was able to come. Year. To he this. wasn't able to come. Do this yeah. Year. Okay. Got it. Uh, this year, no. So combat was diagnosed what two months ago or something yeah, like that. October. And we saw him a month ago, and he was in bad shape. Where did you see him? We saw him at his girlfriend's place, and he was receiving like just a few visitors. And we went there, and we brought him a whole bunch of movies because you we have a lot know. of free time. Yeah. And you know, it, he was diagnosed late in you know the stages, and unfortunately like we know from our dad like when you get late stage cancer it's not an easy road by by any it's stretch it's almost impossible it is impossible and he was dealing with is a lot is basically impossible yeah impossible well yeah, I, it, I think the the odds are not anywhere in your favor but like it, it's not it's not impossible like right. there are people who have overcome that but it's just very i'll say this combat when we visited him uh had the right attitude mm-hmm. he was totally um you know, he, he he knew what he had to do. He felt like he was in fighting shape. He, he had a great attitude about the whole thing. Um, Which is unfortunately not the whole thing. And right. his, his no, body just I couldn't, mean, yeah, not, it's couldn't take it. it right. Science was, just wasn't on his side. But um, I think that he did everything that he could to fight it. So when you say receiving visitors, like other people, it was like a time when he took time to see people? It was you. He didn't have the energy. He, he to was see very tired. He was people. seated. Um, he had lost a lot of weight from the surgery, like a yeah. lot of weight. His pants like didn't stay up when he stood up to like you know shake our hand and all that. Um, we went and I, I guess Charlemagne had visited him earlier that day. Someone's manager was there right before us. We spent probably half hour, forty five minutes with him, and you know we we brought a lot of like blessings from people online, a lot of memories. We read to him everyone's favorite episodes that people would like hit us on Twitter with. Um, we, we were encouraging. We, we just tried to bring a lot of love and tell him honestly how we felt about him because I think we, we figured that there was less time than more time. So I, obviously I, I wasn't as tight with him as you guys were, but we would just, I would, I checked in with him when I heard. Yeah. Um, I said, Reggie just saw the news. This is uh, Monday, October 23rd. So right when the, I guess the day the news got public. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or maybe a day after. I don't know. I said, Reggie just saw the news. Sending you prayers and blessings. If I can do anything uh, to help you in any way, please don't hesitate. I have no doubt you will beat the shit out of cancer. Holler anytime, Rosenberg. Yeah. He wrote, ah, man, thank you. Exclamations. I wrote, what's the prognosis? You feeling positive, brother? Because I didn't know. I don't think I knew it was stage four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I said, what's the prognosis? You feeling positive, brother? He said, I'm feeling like I'm going to make it my bitch. Feeling great. Still waiting for full details. Yeah. And at that point, you know, um, I guess like the kind of level of relationship that we had, it was something of, man, I, I hope he's, I hope he does better and did not think that it was a timetable like that. I, you know, that's what makes cancer well, sort of a weird thing. Right? I also don't like, think that anybody did. Like, right? Like, even you get caught up in the, the hashtag of combat cancer and you, you think... I mean, if if you put, you know, mind to, you know, if if he really puts his mind to it or whatever, like if there's science, whatever, like he's he's too big to to fail, you know. Um, and so I think that when you have the internet at your back, like everybody's sort of rooting for you. Well, so uh, in 2009, when um, we got the phone call from our parents um, about our dad's cancer. It was such a heavy blow and such a hard thing to sort of like comprehend. And uh, good good friends who had gone through 
similar things had sort of like put us into this mindset where it's like, look, go from milepost to milepost. Like, don't think of it like, okay, you're going to beat this. Right. Like, don't think like, it's just like, let's go for the small things and focus on those small things. So I think with any medical situation, that's overwhelming. what you do. Yeah. It's like, let's, let's get little victories and put these victories together and hope it leads to something better. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that's what we tried to impart in a very small way. And, and we hoped, I know, um, maybe it was Gimlet or somebody had sent him like a recording device and it was like, hey, maybe you can tell your story. Like it was all about focus on today, watch a movie, get through today, get to tomorrow. And this was a couple of days before he was going to go in and find out what his chemo treatment was going to look like with his doctor. So he wasn't even sure what the treatment was going to be. But the hope was that he could take it day by day or hour by hour or minute by minute just to like get to that next step. And you know, ultimately, I think it's shocking to most people because maybe most people didn't know what stage it was um, or accept the reality that like cancer is a horrendous, horrific beast. And and it just it was what it was, because I think that was what's, what was surprising to us, like the reaction of people yesterday who were just like, what or how could this happen so fast? And we had relatives who couldn't believe that our father passed in in six weeks. You know, from his diagnosis to... You, you're so used to hearing people get cancer and beat it now. Right. Um, or have a long bout with it. And, you know, I don't... You don't hear cancer and th- at this point. At least for me, I don't instantly think death. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think they announced they have cancer. Right. And, I, and, and I, I'd say I'd say 50% of them, when you hear about it, it's like, oh, they beat it. I think because the yeah. hope is that they discover it early because people are more, like, sort of aware of cancer and getting checked out, you know? Um, I, I, cancer is such a conspiracy in some way. I, there's, there's like it's just too much. Like the amount of young people who get sick now, it's, it's, and I don't think this is one of those things where people say like now. Back in my day, I, it really is more now. Yes. Like I don't think this is made up. Right. You know, like there are these things, like there are these areas where like everyone gets cancer. We got calls from this one place in Long Island. We're like, I forget which town it was. A, a famous town in Long Island. I can't remember which one. So many women have breast cancer. Like right. it's so many people, and you're like. There's no way there's not some shit buried in the ground or something going on. Totally. And they're just not telling people right. that they're getting cancer over and over and over. It just it just seems crazy to me. But um did he did he do anything? Did he record anything at the end? That uh, I don't, I don't know. know. I I I don't know. I um I don't know. I don't know. But I, I will say this. In in regards to you guys, and I know you put up some pictures from the Atlanta, uh, the A3C event that you guys It would have been did. nice if that audio didn't get like disappear somehow. Right. That would have been nice. But what what you guys did in patching that up, and I think also like when Sean Price died, like that was a huge part of like your guys' relationship. Um, I thought that that was so great. You know, I thought it was really right that you guys were both titans in this little like, you know... Uh, podcast village of ours like you guys really made right and moved on and like men grew up and you know and, and decided that like this was bigger than maybe whatever you guys had in the past and and I just I just loved that you guys came together and I'm glad that you got to the to, to a place where you're able to send a text like that that was really special to hear so yeah it was I, I was glad that we uh made it good it's so it's weird when you have like that kind of ups and downs of people it's it's, it's like it's sort of it bonds you in certain ways, you know, that like um, you're you're attached to each other in a certain way. And I I think that in the long run, our little feud was probably good from a branding standpoint of like the whole hip hop podcast kind of space. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I wish it didn't ever happen, obviously. And but ultimately, listen, 
we had moments we got on the phone and screamed at each other. <laughs> like we really had it out. Yeah. And, and then afterwards, I thought we really put it to bed. Um, but it still stings a little. You know, it's a weird little sting. Although I'll tell you, I'm so numb. I I, I'm, I just hate to say that, but like between hip hop and wrestling, the two fields I'm passionate about, the amount of premature death there is, is such that like, I, I should have, I had enough of a history with him. You know, we were far from close friends, but I, I consider him a friend and we had enough history that I should have cried yesterday at some point. I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't, I, I, my mom's best friend, uh, passed away a few months ago. It was, sh- it was shocking. She was 70, but it was shocking. The way she lived her life, it was just absolutely shocking, and she dropped dead. I hate to say it so callously, but that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I managed, I ended up crying at one point for like seven seconds. Yeah. And besides that, and I still at this point in my life cannot believe that Hannah, this woman, is not in our life. I, I can't believe it. When Every time I go home, I'm like, Hannah's not here. Let's, she would, oh, Next week, she would, she would be with us on Christmas Eve, always. Still doesn't, it just, I I can't find it the same way. It's like it's been a recurring theme. And I don't know if it's just getting older. I guess that's a big part of it. Well, okay. So I, um, so we did these 12 days podcasts and and two times I said, uh, not a lot of people know this. Most of the people on those podcasts have since perished. Not many people know. (laughs) 90% of these 12. (laughs) Sorry. It's a weird coincidence. It's a weird Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, but so I, I talked about uh, in the Q&A episode and also in the episode we did with uh, Two Blacks and Two Jews Review the Movies with the Locks, I talk about how I'm not an emotional guy. Just never been, you know, not I'm not that guy. Um, even like, you know, when death has been very close to me, not, not a big thing for me. Um, but it hit really hard yesterday for me. Um, and I'm still, it's been hard today. Um and I don't, I don't think it is an age thing. I don't think that you, you get, I think that death and, and anything that's sad news, it will just hit you. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's any, you don't build up a, a tolerance for it. Yeah. I am very, I just, I, but I don't mean that by the way, I meant in terms of the amount of death existing. No, I understand. I'm saying like, you know, there were a few deaths that, that we knew of this year, um, and you know I can't even remember them all that's the bad part I was mm-hmm. like a lot of people died this year who was it a lot, lot of people died Ice Pick died this year I, I didn't know Ice Pick at all oh yeah by the way that I, was, I know a lot of people were that was really tough that was really tough yeah um, it, a lot of people died uh, and and it's really unfortunate I I don't know if I'm just like very I'm more in touch with my emotions now than I ever was but I, I, I cry and I'm I'm open with that and I'm fine with that and it's very like sort of cathartic yeah me too but that's yeah. the thing I, yeah. I am I consider myself to be someone who's I, listen I cried every episode of this is us mm-hmm. but yeah but that's because it's designed to make you cry <laughs> and like it works that's, yeah. but that's what I'm saying so the tear ducts still work I see <laughs> but for some reason a lot of these ones recently even though I'm in shock mm-hmm. and I want to talk about it and be cathartic and go through my emotions about it that feeling of like letting it out and being like this it hurts yeah I've struggled a little bit recently um with that uh and I don't, I don't Do know you cry I mean, tears of joy do you listen to Tears of Joy by Rick, Rick Ross? Ross? Yes. Great song. There you go. Um, I've, you know, and I cry, well, I cried to that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's that good. I, um, I, I do remember there was an award show uh, back when we were still living with our parents uh, up in Westchester. I remember our dad, someone gave a speech, and I don't even know that it was like 
uh, an actress that like you know he was a huge fan of or whatever it was just he was so our dad was so taken by like her speech that he was crying tears of joy and I, at the time I was like this is dad like why is he crying and like I understand that so much more now and I I'm I'm turning into that man like I appreciate those moments when it's like this is a good cry, like a good cry, good you know? I had one that was a mix recently where I did cry. I uh, WrestleMania weekend Ugh. in, uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, like, this is so on brand for you. For, I know, I know, right? But no, it's a good it's a good story. I think yeah. you'll like it regardless of uh, which part of my uh, multi, multi-brands that I have to promote. It was a WWE WrestleMania 33 weekend. I'm glad, mm-hmm. you, I'm glad I had to get that in there. It's in 34 will be coming up in New Orleans in April. Mm-hmm. No, and... um. There was an event every year at WrestleMania weekend. There's a, a big WrestleCon, which you could figure out what that is, obviously. It's not a WWE thing. It is, but like, as it also doesn't surprise you, I'm sure. WrestleMania weekend, everything around wrestling happens now in that city. Right. So, WrestleCon was going on. I've never been. Um, and my and Dipperstein, my agent, was like, "I want to, I want to stop by." He's like, We're, "That's how we got together." He's a huge wrestling fan. I was like, "I don't care. Let's go." And I'm on sort of cloud nine because it's my first year working for the company. Right. And I still, I just got giddy saying that again because I'm like, oh my God, April's coming up and I'll be working for them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so I'm in a, just a great space in general. I'm staying at the talent hotel. They, I get the swag. Like I'm part of it. Yeah. And this is truly the, the most living my dream thing I've done in a while because unfortunately you get used to sort of other things and hot is my place that I go to work and I love it but I I have those moments occasionally but they're now much fewer and far between because you get so used to it so I'm just like in a great mood we stop by WrestleCon and uh, we run into some people and someone's like oh blah 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 Bobby the Brain Heenan's here and I was like Bobby the Brain Heenan's here by the way it should have been in my mind that he would be here but he's been physically so not well for so long that I didn't think about him being there he had mouth cancer, loss, or and lost basically his his jaw. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. You've probably seen pictures before of someone who has had that. It, it's it's shockingly yeah. deforming. Roger Ebert, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, it looks very rough. Yeah. Um, and and I was like, I've seen pictures of him, and I've watched videos, and like you can't understand him very well. I had been in communication sometime before that with his wife about wanting to do a feature on him for ESPN. And to make a long story short. I got sort of caught up in the logistics of it and it never happened. I wanted to do a thing where like I went down to visit him and did a like a TV feature. I really wanted to push that, but like it just didn't happen. And his place in the WWE was Bobby the Brain Heenan was the uh the the biggest villain manager when I was a kid, but he also was the uh on commentary, he was the analyst, the color guy. Mm-hmm. And he was also the bad guy analyst. But he was hilarious and like you everyone he ultimately Hulk Hogan had a million different foils who he would beat every you know every time. Mm-hmm. But ultimately it was always Bobby the Brain Heenan. <laughs> he was really the ultimate foe for he for Hogan if you look back on that time which is seen as probably the most popular run that anyone's ever had. Mm-hmm. The face of those bad guys and the talking of those bad guys, like 75% of the time, it was Bobby Heenan. And every- His other foil, by the way, not white people. <laughs> it's, uh, a, it's a big stain. I know, it really is. It's a bad one. But um, that's for another podcast. Yeah. yeah. But um, Not today. Yeah. 
Heenan's very important, and I just comedically worshipped him. Like, he was so funny. His timing, his ability to be like the 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 bad guy who was always getting beaten up in the end and got his comeuppance and the crowd loved it like he was just physically he was hilarious he could he used to be a wrestler so the 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 number one thing you can say about a manager is uh uh he he managed like in he managed like a wrestler like he would take bumps in the ring like a wrestler but on the microphone he was a manager. He was like the ultimate manager, right? So he could do everything well. And as a result, I just worshipped him. When I was young, I didn't know why I thought he was great. I just thought he was really funny, and I wanted to see him get beat up, right. and it was just great. Anyways, as I got older and wanted to do wrestling stuff, I was like, well, he's the guy. Like, he is the guy who was bigger. He could have done something else. If he hadn't been WWE, I think he could have done something else. Like, David Letterman worships Bobby Heenan. Like, he's just one of these guys who... Other people in the industry and in other parts of entertainment appreciate his <laughs> level of talent. So like Bobby Heenan's there. So I'm just like, where is he? <laughs> and I go find him and I go see him and he's sitting in a wheelchair behind a table with his wife next to him. When I walked over, I think there was one guy finishing up, but there wasn't a line in spite of the fact that he's a, a legend. legend. Yeah. And, and, and compared to the other people in the room, arguably the biggest star in the room, you know, or certainly the top few. Maybe other people had already come to see him. Maybe people feel weird talking to him because they know you can't really hear what he has to say. And I reintroduced myself to his wife and was like, I emailed you, Cynthia, about blah, blah, blah. Um, and I was like, but um, I, I got down on like one knee and I got really close to him and I said, Mr. Heenan, my name's Peter Rosenberg. I, I work at WWE now. I And I just gave him my whole spiel. And I, I said, I just want to tell you that you are the reason I wanted to be in wrestling. I I think you are one of them. I think you are to me one of the most brilliant performers in the world who's ever done anything in performance. I just think you are brilliant, and I love everything you did. And when I when I go on the air there, I I take things from you all the time and use them in homage to you. Like I just I I just poured my heart out. That's incredible. And he um. And I could see there's a term in wrestling that I use all the time that you, you end up using everywhere in life, which is popping. Like the idea is to pop a crowd, right? Like, oh, the crowd really popped for Ultimate Warrior. I could see him pop. Like in his eyes, I could see his eyes pop that I was like such a big fan of his, right? Yeah. Like you could see him like, and I, and then I said, you know, my, my boss who hired me, Chris Chambers, do you remember Chris Chambers? And he nods. And I said, well, Chambers has told me great things about you. And so I just, I didn't, requ I, I did as little as I could to make him try to talk to me mm -hmm. because I, I knew it would just be hard to understand. I, and he did say a few things that she translated, but all I know is he clearly got it. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I said thank you and I said thank you to her and I walked away and I just walked away from my agent and I just started weeping. Yeah. Like I was just, and I'm about to cry, I'm talking about it now. And yeah. I, I called Alexa, I was trying to get her to answer and she wasn't answering. She yeah. was like at work or something and I just like took a moment and sat there and just let the tears kind of go. Like I don't know if it was sadness at the state he was in, which I'm sure is part of it. Mm -hmm. um, and just, or just getting to tell him that he meant so much or the fact that I'm so overjoyed that I'm able to be doing some of it was like this wild combination of the ball I think that's well, all yeah. amazing and, yeah. by, and by the way and then and, and he passed away a, a, a couple of months ago um, so the, the fact that I it was almost like here's the ill part about it when I saw him there 
because of how he's been physically, because he's been completely removed from that world, and he hasn't been on great terms with WWE for reasons I don't really know, um, it felt like he was already gone. To most people, it felt like Heenan was already gone. So to see him and get to tell him mm-hmm. was as if I got to tell him after he was gone. Right. But he heard it. Yeah. So it was just an amazing... And so that was probably the last time that in a moment I was just like completely overwhelmed. That's incredibly special. I think to tell anybody while they're still around is really like... I, I've been trying to do that more in interviews same. and mm-hmm. it's awkward. Mm-hmm. I mean, just tell me now. <laughs> Jeff, <laughs> you, you know, like your comedy thing oh, that you do. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. The, 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 the kind of Jewy hip hop <laughs> shit that you do is what it's what I thrive on. Wow. I'm, even though it's funny because I do basically we do the same bullshit. And I but yours to me. No, um it, I'm glad we have the time, guys. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just glad we have this time all the time. No, but um I try like when people come in who are like really iconic. Mm-hmm. Um I did it recently. I tried with like Riza. Yeah. And, and I don't even know if he fully got it. I was like, <laughs> I just want to tell you I was like I've been trying to. T- I told him. I said, "I'm trying to tell everyone while they're around." Yeah, because you never know. I said, "You being like still active and like a voice and like you still create and mm-hmm. like." I was like, "It's so awesome!" Like it, you know, Wu Tang could is was a monumental thing where any of the individual characters could have faded away. Yeah, but the fact that like RZA still makes news, he's still around. He still looks great. Yeah, mm-hmm. he still when he jumps on songs sounds fucking awesome. Right, he like. I was like, the fact that you're still like active in your voices, I was like, I just, I'm thankful for it. And I don't even know if people like know what to say. Or, but, it's like, but as long as you say it, I think that's fine. Um, you know what I watched the other night? So uh, ESPN's app, because we don't have cable anymore, has a new, has a, a new. Well, don't make, don't sound like we don't have cable anymore because we, we, we can't, can't afford it. Yeah. Can't afford it. <laughs> yeah. Things are that's not right. going well. Listen, we have guys. a GoFundMe, please. <laughs> yeah, okay. If you could get us that's right. a cable. Yes. They're uh, very expensive. Jeff was bullied last week. <laughs> yeah. And do you want to talk, what, what did the bully say to you? <laughs> he said that my face looks weird. <laughs> okay. And what do you want to say to him? Now? I want to say, please go fund us. Uh, oh, wow. You're yeah. going directly. To, okay, and that's perfect. And they can go f- pay for your cable. Yeah, yeah. All right, so so sorry. The cable, you're watching on ESPN. Yeah, who, so the kid who went viral for yeah. like the whole bullying thing. Mm-hmm. And his mother like straight out said just like, I need Christmas presents. It was, that's crazy. Yeah. That's just nuts. Wait, anyway. but was that, that's not what you were watching on the app, was it? No, 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 no. no, 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 no. no. I'm sorry. <laughs> on the app, I was watching Nature Boy. The Ric Flair documentary. The Ric Flair documentary. Yeah. Just because it was, it's a thirty for thirty, and that is a brand that I trust, right? Yeah. You know that we're not wrestling fans. No. That documentary gave it such perspective. He, um, as I'm sure you've seen it more than once. Yeah. He, it, it pissed him off when Sally Jesse Raphael would be like, "This is fake. Wrestling is fake," and he's like, "No, it's not." And when they asked him, you know, whether it was 2015 or 2017, whenever they interviewed him for this documentary, he said it's choreographed. That made so much sense to me. That it's like it's like dancing, but you know choreographed moves that these guys are doing, and they showed footage that echoed that. And all these years that, that I've lived on this earth and never understood wrestling or never got that made so much sense to me. It's interesting that yeah, I saw I heard that that resonated with people, and that's interesting to me because I guess to me that was always so clear. Like that's why I'm into it. But um, you don't like the costumes? <laughs> I do like the costumes sometimes too. I mean, I just think I, it has a lot of listen. Um, there are wrestling, there are WWE shows I'm not happy with. Like at the end of the show, I'm like, oh, that could have been better. Mm-hmm. But I'm never in a bad mood. Sports puts me in a bad mood a lot. 
sports. Because you sports. care a lot. Yes. Right. The, the Redskins put me in a bad mood. Kirk Cousins, personally. No, I love Kirk. <laughs> he makes me happy. But when the Redskins, when when I realized like this year when they were losing to Dallas, mm-hmm. and I was like... The Washington sports team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't do that. Even though I'm for them changing the name, right. I still do say... I don't... I just can't... Daniel Snyder's... To what, here's my thing I'll say about this yes. uh, the reason I don't participate in that thing and this may be seen as stupid mm-hmm. even though I think they should change the name yes mm-hmm. to say when people only call them the Washington sports team as if you can't say it right mm-hmm. and I know this may be dumb mm-hmm. to me it equates it with the n-word I, I, and right. it's not the n-word right. Right. It's, a ba- it's a bad word right. but since here's my question <laughs> have you ever heard that word used anywhere but the team no then it's not the same as the n-word let's right. just be clear right the n-word is a part of american history that is like so now not to say it's not hurtful to native americans of right. course I'm sure it can be right yeah but it's not quite the same as this word that is so integral to who we are as a country right now like literally everything terrible has already happened to the native american yeah, yeah, population yeah. that could ever possibly happen and, that's, yeah. and it's horrible yeah i just don't think that word is the indicator of it even no. though i think it's foul they should change the name okay yeah. okay so when the re- when i realized that they were eliminated yes I literally sit there and I'm like, no, I can't believe the season's over. <laughs> right, no, right, right. no, no, right. no. I, in my head, I'm like, how long till next year? Oh, I have to get through the Super Bowl. I have to do all this shit. And I get so frustrated. That's not what wrestling does. It's it, But it still has this awesome athletic component. So I will say, and I'm I, I'm not a wrestler at all, mm-hmm. um, at being so deeply invested in it and now feeling a part of it to a certain degree, I am offended by the word fake. Like, that is the one word that when people say it, you're kind of like, oh, that can be a weird thing for it. Like, if you're on a date and they're like, oh, if, if you were on a date and you were, like, in that world and someone's like, oh, that fake stuff, you'd be like, oh, I'm probably not going to be this person. Because um, my, my retort to that is, like, I want to do a skit, but I don't have the balls. I don't need to do it. Sketch. I want to do a sketch <laughs> where I go to a movie theater. Yes. Mm-hmm. And at the climax of the movie, just start screaming, this is fake. This is all fake. Mm-hmm. Because I don't understand no other form of entertainment gets called fake. It's it's all it's all fake. That's what you should do on your date. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that's how the date plays out, right? Yeah. Oh, the fake stuff, yeah. and it's like, well, aren't movies? That's actually that is the sketch, though, right? I mean, do I get a co-writing yeah, credit? Yeah, yeah, sure. right there. But yeah. That is the yeah. sketch, right? Yeah. You're on the date. She's like, oh, the fake stuff, and you're like, huh, tell Jeff how much stuff. you appreciate him. <laughs> what Wait. you've done yeah. as a writer. <laughs> Wait, in- at the end of the of the sketch, does she fake it? Wow. See that now you're going there's, full circle. There's, that's, there's, yeah. that's the button right there. No, that's yeah, pretty good. That's good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just don't understand. I guess people. It always makes me feel like people are who say that were like when they were little thought it was real, and then mm-hmm. when they found out it was staged, felt offended, and mm-hmm. so to that day they hold on to it and they're like, "Fake! I hate it. It's fake. It's a stupid fake." Right. And I'm like, when I was little, I kind of assumed, even at like seven years old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I don't remember ever taking it very seriously. I just loved it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what? Yeah, like seriously. I don't remember taking it very seriously. Says the man who only wears wrestling like <laughs> t-shirts from the eighties. Um, this is from the nineties. <laughs> it's a sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I take it very seriously as an art form. Right. But yeah. I never took it seriously as a competition. Which part of the art form are the tax on the <laughs> on the canvas? That that part, the tax part, that part, that part of the art form is the <laughs> ability and willingness mm-hmm. to do insane things to yourself with the purpose of entertaining an audience. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> What's the most insane thing you've done for the purpose of entertaining an audience? I am yet to do anything, but I will do it. Yeah. Like, oh no, I, I mean, you know, I got slapped by a wrestler on YouTube, but she was a legit slap. Like she slapped the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. That's probably the extent of any pain. I How did it play? So far. Oh, you should, have you ever watched it? <laughs> no, no. You've never seen the this video? Of you getting smacked? No. Yeah, but it plays on WWE. I mean, it plays on the Hot 97 YouTube channel like legit. 
What? Oh yeah, you should watch. We'll watch we, it. We will watch it. Yes, it's, it's pretty good. Um, my favorite thing that Juanito does <laughs> is he freezes out by the gas stations shirtless. Yeah, on a so cold that, day. Yeah. yeah, so that he did that will. once and then complained about it for so long and like oh, it kind of felt like he was in a sewer, so he can't do it again. <laughs> by the way, I just want to put this out here. Yeah. You got to get rid of the Al Franken. I know, I know. Yeah, it's such away? a bummer. You want to take it? Yes, please. Yeah, I will yeah. walk out and drop it somewhere. It you was, cannot <laughs> have it sitting above Questlove's book. You can't have it next to Angie Martinez's book. You can't have it next to the Ego Trip such book a, of rap it's, list. It's such a bummer. Yeah, no, it's over. That, you, yeah, because like even though even though he's Lyndon not Johnson. Harvey Weinstein, he definitely was gross. There are way too many, dude. It was like it started out as like two. It definitely wasn't, and Harvey it's like Weinstein. nine. It, it think, definitely wasn't, yeah. but it got to the point of like you're a creep. You remember when Tiger Woods, like when he first got in trouble with his wife, yeah. and then it became a cascade of just women Wh- coming out, and th- yeah. that was like Harvey Weinstein was like, oh, oh, we can talk about this now. Oh, we yeah. We, yeah. we going yeah. in now? Yeah, crazy. Which, by the way, is another podcast. Yes, but. um, I do want to say that we're very excited about your live Juan Epstein podcast at Highline Ballroom. Which, oh, by the way, you. this was supposed to be a Juan episode. Yeah. We were going to have you and Saif, but then Saif huh? is now not allowed back in the country. Like, Some, what is Something his... to that effect, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, he was in Toronto and then he didn't come home. <laughs> um, I, I, I can't comment on it. <laughs> like, what happened? But, but something happened. But Wait, something I'm, actually happened? No. no I'm, I I'm, glad that, I'm glad that you guys are reuniting on stage in front of a live audience. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Um, Highline Ballroom, uh, January 17th? Sure. I That's a that, good plug. It right? just All this just <laughs> means that you guys something? don't hate each other that much, you no, know? we actually really do. This part's true. What? We really do get along better than ever before because... By not working together? Well, by not working together and not feeling any pressure whatsoever you know that's it's january 17th yeah on night only by the way at be there. Ballroom. it's a great name, so great name. thank you i don't know will you be there a week before at our show at sobs called it's the real two sobs what day of the week is it that's a tuesday i think right i think you it's thursday it's one one week you before don't care yours. about my schedule at all. <laughs> i think it's a thursday yeah i think it's a thursday which means i might be there yeah, yeah. um wait what do you do on tuesdays no i just don't like is going out pre-thursdays <laughs> i know i don't go out on weeknights like that Come on, you don't do anything I'm, but that's that's my point i'm not an animal but yeah. you guys get along much better than you did when you were we, we get along. doing stuff yeah it's just there's well there's also just pressure that comes with that and like frustration and like me yeah i know you look at the time it's ridiculous so i'm gonna have a ticket so do I send this? Who do I send this to? Cypher um, sounds. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, we, we do get along really well, and it's like really nice to catch up. And I got to go check how our ticket sales are. My decision on how hard to work on a guest is based on how our ticket sales go. Uh-huh. And if ticket sales go well, I don't really care about a guest. Like I would love for us to just get up, totally and have fun, and take audience questions and bullshit with each okay. other. What if nobody? Special guests? What if nobody has bought tickets? Who's the guest you're gonna have? Drake. Yeah, Drake. Just, just, just Drake. Yeah, put yeah. it out there. Yeah. So Drizzy, um, <laughs> is that why Sife went to Toronto? <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. But Sife does have a lot of awesome stuff going on that I'm really excited about. Sife has a new uh, Laugh Mobs Laugh Tracks mm-hmm. starting mm-hmm. on True TV. Yep. Um, right after the top of the year, so like he's got a lot of awesome stuff going on, and yeah, we get along great. So uh, I'm excited. Who knows? Maybe more come of it. I don't. We don't have a set plan for it. But. It's awesome though. And uh, and like the timing is kind of, it was weird, but like. Yeah, last night someone mentioned to me after everything that happened with combat it was like oh maybe you can do something about combat jack at the thing and i was like oh yeah that would be nice like to pay some sort of tribute to him and it did make me think i'm like oh maybe we should maybe we should do some more make some concerted effort to do some sort of like classic episodes in the vein because there are episodes that we have that are nothing like combat jack show right mm-hmm. and then we have some that are in the same Universe, universe, yeah, of like really historical, kind of serious ones, yeah. And I was like, maybe, maybe we should try to do some more 
um, because it's such a gigantic void. And the and you know Jack hadn't been doing as many. Period. You know he had the mogul stuff, yeah. and then his health issues. So I was like, maybe we should try to do more. But things I just don't want to do it, not do it justice. Right. Because that's the one thing I'll say about uh, Reggie. He 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 really took it to the next level in terms of like the seriousness about it. Like totally. Um, I said this earlier, but you know he always credited us with being the first, mm-hmm. but he was the best. You know, he did the best one, ultimately. Eight, eight years or something like that, straight? Like, I mean, that's, yeah, like that's really, considerable. Yeah, really, really committed to it and uh, made it his job and calling and ultimately ended up becoming a star in the podcast field. I mean, yesterday, I think it was a nice, tiny silver lining that he was literally the number one topic in the world. Loved it. You yeah, know? Like loved it. And by the way, let's be clear, he loved that. Oh, no yeah. way Reggie wasn't looking down like, well, that's pretty tight. I love you know? it. He like, talked that's about a- it when he got diagnosed, and he said like how much he appreciated everything that, that, that people were saying like while he was here. Yeah. Like, that, that he had that opportunity to for yeah. everybody to say that. I was talking to like, our mom LL last cool night about J it. LL Cool J called him. It was amazing. Yeah. I, w- I was talking to our mom about it last night, and I was like, he was the number one trending topic in the world, which shows you like it's so much bigger than this New York City little like you know podcast world that we operate in. This was this was worldwide. He, he impacted a lot of people, and he had two different runs in hip hop that had a major impact. Um, yeah, he left a, he left a real considerable legacy, and in the overall cultural hip hop hall of fame. He created a wing, you know, like he has a big, a big wing of history that exists through his show. So, but even on like a, a more micro level, like he, every time he came over to our apartment, he would bring something. Very nice. And he's the only person who's ever brought us any. You didn't bring us anything. No, he's gonna take the Al Franken book away. By the way, so, yeah. that's <laughs> the biggest favor anyone can do for you. That's like giving you two things: is getting rid of the Al Franken book. Do you, do you need some help since you have Trump hands? <laughs> All right, bye guys. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening to this new episode of Waste Time with It's The Real Jeff. If people want to find out more about us, I'm Eric. You're Jeff. That's Shin. And we are It's The Real. If people want to find out more about this podcast, it's called A Waste of Time with It's The Real. If people want to find out where they can go get tickets for our upcoming show live on the SOB stage, It's The Real, two SOBs, on January 10, 2018, where can they go? You can always go get tickets at itsthereal.com, I-T-S-T-H-E-R-E-A-L, no apostrophes, no spaces. You can always find all of our episodes of our podcast on iTunes. Search for A Waste of Time with It's The Real. We are also on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash a waste of time our album teddy bear fresh is on spotify apple music google play spotify title all of them but go to spotify because we have a lot of places that's why i said spotify twice by the way go go again it's go back subtle. there we're, we're past five hundred thousand plays on sugar high featuring currency and smoke dizza guys go to that right now yeah i know we're also on the internet you can find us on any social network twitter at it's the real instagram at it's the real facebook at it's the real jeff you know this podcast is not going anywhere unless you guys our fans, our loyal friends and family out there, spread the word. And we know it starts with us. So, Jeff, who would you like to tell to spread the word about this Mighty Mighty podcast? I want to tell, and by the way, this is working because our audience has doubled over last year, which doubled over the year before. Jeff, 2018, let's double it up again. All right. But I want to shout out our good friend, Dennis Snopkowski. Hey. Who's definitely listening to this podcast because he loves Peter Rosenberg up in Toronto. Shout out to Dennis. Or, I mean, he's on like the border of Toronto, wherever Doesn't he matter. is in Canada. Doesn't matter. He is, an, he is a transplant up there and he enjoys listening to Peter talk about whatever Peter talks about. <laughs> shout out to our good friend, Dennis Snopkowski. Jeff, I want to shout out someone more local, another friend of ours who actually unfortunately is looking for a job right now. Our friend, 
Joe Budden. Oh, Joe Budden. Joe Budden. Listen, since Joe has a lot more free time since he's not doing Everyday Struggle anymore, he is certainly welcome to stop by the podcast, hang out, and guest if he wants. Yeah, listen, we need an intern. So, Joe, you know our information. You follow us on Twitter. Hit us. Let us know if you're available, what your CV is, what your rate is. We can probably get you lunch like once a week. I think. Yeah, yeah, we can we can cover transportation. We'll do what we can. Shout out to Joe Budden and hey, good luck out there. We know it's a tough competition for for work these days. Tough job market. But we believe in you. Yeah. We think you're great. As long as you're driven over here, we can help you. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say just driven. Yeah, yeah. Driven over here. <laughs> Shout out to Joe Budden, shout out to uh, Maul and Rory and Parks and Imani and Sin and Nadeska and everybody who's a part of that Joe Budden world. We'll eventually see you all up here. <laughs> As always, guys, not for real, for real. Sure, sure. We'll see you guys tomorrow. This episode of the 12 Days of Podcast has been sponsored by the good people of Def Jam, who have dropped Jeezy's pressure on Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, Pandora, and on JeezyShop.com. Go get some merch. Go cop some tickets to his cold summer tour this February with T Grizzly. Go write a million comments on Instagram asking Jeezy to come to Brazil. Jeezy's got some amazing features on his album. And tomorrow, we finish our run of features with Shy Glizzy.